Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Come with me on a journey into the mind, into the misunderstood and mysterious world of neurodiversity, into a place of daring discovery and desperate darkness, but also, you know, fun. Come with me if you dare. Into the universe. Hello, hello, welcome to Into the Neuroverse. Here we go, we're going into the Neuroverse, where we discuss neurodiversity, my neurodiversity, everyone's bloody banging on about it, aren't they? And I might as well, I might as well. <laughs> bit of ADHD, bit of autism, I'm trying to get the set. Uh, don't think I'm dyslexic, sadly, but um, I'm going for all the others. I do have a, a weird thing, which is, uh, I might have said this before, but it's like face blindness, but the opposite, where you think you've met someone, but you haven't. It's called, I was going to say hyperthermia then. It's not that, is it? Not it's that. called um, hyper recognition. So, like, I'm yeah. really bloody recognizing you, but I shouldn't be because I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I get it a lot. With so, people. you think you've met people before? Yeah. It's quite weird. And I get, and obviously, working in comedy and all that stuff, I meet people a lot who, you know, you sort of meet briefly and then go, oh, yeah, we did that thing or whatever, you know, or, or, or people who work in, on TV and stuff and because there's a lot of people involved. But often I'll go, no, no, I know you. It's got worse, actually, <laughs> to the point where I'm looking at someone, I'm sort of in my head going, are they taking the piss? Because I'm sure I know them and I can't think where, but they're like, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's almost like I hyper... We've never met. Vu. Really weird, yeah. But I get it with audience members as well. I'll be looking at them and I'll be like, "Yeah, we." Do. But it's like I've I, I can't tell you what the memory is, but it's like I'm I'm just looking at them, going, "Yeah, we did that. We went on a holiday or something." Do you know what I mean? Or we worked together, or we we had this, we had something. Mm. I'm not saying we became lovers necessarily, <laughs> but we um, we at least you know we definitely. We had uh, we had a long chat at one point or something, and the people were like, "No, I don't know you." <laughs> it's quite, it gets quite weird. Because <laughs> you anyway, said that yeah, to me the first time you met me, you what I we thought knew you. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, I, I had it with you, you definitely. Really, I had it with you. I met you before someone, and I do know you. I do know you now. You do now, but you didn't. Yeah. Oh God, it's quite weird, isn't it? It's a weird thing to have. It's kind of fun, but a bit embarrassing. But it plays into what we're going to talk about today. So anyway, this show, if you haven't heard it before, it's where I, I Colin Holt, I'm a comedian actor. I found out I was ADHD a year and a bit, or a couple of years ago. I don't fucking remember. I've got no time awareness. It could have been, could have been 10 years ago. Um, and I've been banging on about it ever since. I'm doing a new show about it, well, partly about it. It's going well. I did some stand-up last night. It was a lot of fun. I'm enjoying going out there and talking about it. You've got a lot of stand-up on at the moment, haven't you? Doing a lot of stand-up on at the minute, which I'm loving. And I've got a suit um okay. finally got a suit which is for a photo shoot it's a sort of um dare i say a a, a hint of daniel craig 
<laughs> but um, uh, uh, it, it's sort of um, M&S. But it, M&S, colour? but or lovely, really grey. It's grey checked, right. blue tie, beauty. Sounds nice. I feel fabulous. It's great. It just fits lovely. Got we got a stylist for the photo shoot. His name was Andras, but I think he said it. <laughs> I said, "Is it Andras or Andras?" And he went, "Oh." <laughs> he didn't say that, but he said a, a word that I just went, "I'm I'm not going to remember that." But there you go. I tried. I did try. Lovely, lovely chap. Uh, lovely set of pearls on him. Okay. Big grey jumper, but a set of pearls, and I like that. I like when you just, you know, just offset the normal with something. Um, I've seen Harry Styles wear something similar to that as well. Actually, he, he, yeah, yeah, he was like he was the Harry Styles of stylists, Harry stylists. He was he was quite a, cool. and he just got the one suit, and I thought, is that it? We're paying you for this, but he was like, trust me. And uh, and it worked, and he was right. He was right. He was right. And I wore it last night on stage at the Comedia. Oh, they loved it. They loved me, uh, Joe. They loved me. So uh, yes. So this is Joe. Is on the show with Hello. me. He's not normally on the show with me. Um, remind me, Joe, to do a break because I forget that every really? time. We're going to try and do short and sweet because I've got a lot on at the minute. Um, this was meant to be a live recording. Which we did in Joe's bookshop. My wife, my wife, your wife, on my books, I, your I, wife's I, I, bookshop, yeah. um, which was a lovely bookshop called Have a Word. Word on the street. Word I on did, the street. I did come up with a name. That's all. The only credit. That's I good. Have. Oh, did you really? So you are involved. You see, you are involved. It's a charming little place with it's... the lovely people of Ashhurst. Is that right? Ashdead. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> they're gonna love you well, gonna love research you. I mean, they're, they're, there's lovely people um, there's lovely people in ashurst as well but um yeah uh, but anyway we we had we we recorded it well we thought we'd recorded it we had a chat we got a load of people in i did the stand-up i was quite nervous wasn't i because it was weird it was a small little it, crowd it was intimate and it was kind of like like a book reading like yeah. a book reading you know when you when Somewhat an author, but I, I haven't written a book yet. I started one a few days ago, and I was really like, "This is it. This is going to be the one." And I stopped writing it. I've got to go back to that, Joe. Ugh. Anyway, but we we did it and got a little bit thrown, didn't I? Well, let's go into the details in a sec yep. uh, about from James, the man on the front. But it was a fun time had by all. I thought it was an interesting journey, Joe who's a fan of the podcast yep. and transformed, I was going to say built, but it was already here, but transformed the shed I'm currently recording from. You might have heard me talk about my shed before. You can hear the seagulls out there. Within built seagulls. I mean, I... In, built in seagulls. We don't need those, but lots of shelves, lighting. He's almost there. We're not far there. Joe. Yeah. It's a bit yep. by bit, but he, Joe is at thehomehelper.com. Is it? No, I don't have a website yet. Oh, um, but if you want to get him to do your shed, he's very good and he does all sorts of stuff. But also Joe's a, a writer himself and we've been working on his script and he's been working on my shed. It's been lovely. And then he's a big, big fan of the show and he said, do you want to do a live recording in the bookshop? Okay. And I did. And Joe asked me some questions, which was fun. Uh, well, I, I, I found actually the question asking, very very weird but anyway but then what happened joe what did you tell me you messaged me the next day it was all in hand it hadn't worked there was don't you worry carl i've got this 
Don't you worry, Carl. I've got it. It hadn't this. worked. It hadn't worked. Bad. Uh, bad. Bad. Redmond blames his tools. There we Gremlins. Say. Let's let's do that. Yes. Uh, basically, Gremlin. you could hear me. You didn't record you could hear me. me. Perfect. I mean, I. But you were very, very, very quiet. I'm not one to talk. Very quiet. Could you not turn? There was no way of turning me up. Not without awful gain. You know, just crashing. Real kicking. So the mic. Um, well, obviously, my mic in front of me worked, but the mic. In front oh, good of me for you! Good for you! I don't know if people would like to just hear you. That'd be an interesting. That could be the well, page. and the other people, the other people's questions, obviously, because I was passing the microphone around. Could you um, actually hear them? Well, because I, I would give that. I gave them the mic at some point. But not so. all. The only one person you did. No, three of them. Three of them. How were did really you? Clear. The, Janet. The, the really clear, the lady that knew what she was talking about, the one that actually works with me. Oh, that was good. Can you remember any of that? Maybe we can. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Well, right. Well, well, this this episode is probably going to be better than normal because Joe, unlike me, is actually apart from not putting in the mics properly or whatever he did. To be fair, it might have been just me <laughs> tugging up. <laughs> Glad I've been recording because I did a sort of wank adjustment. <laughs> I was going. It might be me tugging on the mic. Because I was well, talking, you do you know what I mean? I was dicking about, well. wasn't I? You, you getting up, like sitting down. Ah, oh. but anyway, we should have just anyway, checked it before. It but anyway, good. all's well that, that ends. All, all's well that ends averagely well. Yes. And we, as the saying goes, and we um, now here we are. And I look, I, I really, I don't know if I love the experience, but I appreciated the experience. I'm still. All processing it. It was interesting. What What do you remember? The most something we can what? talk about. What, what okay, well, it started off like, things. so I went in very prejudiced. I go, I think I go into all gigs very prejudiced, you know. I build up this idea in my mind that people are going to hate me. Mm. <laughs> I was at a gig last night and I was chatting to a couple of younger comics and I was saying, I still get so nervous, you know, and I was so like, and one of the comics, I don't mind saying, was a bit of a tool. And he was very, he was sort of giving me his opinions on stuff. And I thought, fuck off, you know. And he was very like, oh, yeah, mate, what you got to do is blah, 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 blah. And I was like, shut up, you know. <laughs> I'm in a really bad mood today. Yeah. But um, I did, um, but I did my, um, but I, I still go out with this kind of, in fact, I did an LGBT night the other night as Anna Man. And it was lovely because I went out. It wasn't like, like, as in you have to be LGBT. I mean, I don't think anyone says you have to be LGBT, but it was a kind of generally alternative, what's the word, inclusive kind of build like that. Mm. And I went in and it was so nice because I was just like, oh, no one's going to be a dickhead here. And they weren't. They were lovely. They were so up for it. Do you know what I mean? No one's, there's yeah. not going to be a stag do. Do you but think then the funny thing is I go out and when there is a stag do, so I love them. They're great fun. So, it's, so my, I go out with an, a perceived idea of what people are going to be like. And I think because it was a little bookshop and sorry, even though you were lovely and your wife's lovely and I still went out going, oh, they're going to, I, do you know what? I really got my head. They were going to go, yeah, but you know, I, I talk about this a lot where people go, yeah, but you don't really present as autistic though. Yeah. You know, people are going to go, yeah, but you're just making it up, aren't you, mate? You know what I mean? Which <laughs> I don't know that quite, I guess I got the idea of, sorry, they'd be quite privileged and sort of confident yeah. and shout me down but i think it's what the whole premise that we uh, but they weren't i should say they weren't that no but yeah sorry go on but the concept for the show was or what we were mm -hmm. going to talk about that night was from the fact that i'd had a discussion with somebody a younger person who'd said you know what, what's all the fuss about and uh, and maybe that was playing on your mind yeah. as well because obviously as we spoke about that night the experience of younger people and 
neurodiversity is very different. You know, what how the world they're living in now is very different to the world you grew up in, which has, you know, informed, yeah. you know, how you feel about it. And which is interesting. We, we, we were going to call the episode, Why Bother, yeah. weren't we? Because it's like, why are we talking about this? Um, as Because younger people are like, well, we're all cool with neurodiversity, ADHD and autism. We don't, I've got friends who have that. We don't bang on about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and someone said to you, to us, you know, to me, to you, to me, to you, <laughs> they said to you, um, why are you bothering? Why? They, they, they didn't do it in a malicious way. But they no. just like couldn't quite understand why that would be a worthy of a podcast. And I'll be honest, my listening figures agree. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think, uh, but I think the reason why it's worth worthy of podcast for people of our age is because to us it was just unheard of, didn't exist. Yeah. As I say, my stand up, you know, it, when I grew up, the, we didn't talk about ADHD and autism. We just had one phrase uh, which summed it all up: "He's not right," and that is very much what I, you know, just the way of seeing things was that was it. And also, you were very. I think so many people in my family, as I look back, were uh, ashamed and into silence of not. Ever. Well, I mean, but they wouldn't know what was wrong with them. They'd just go, oh, we're just like that. Or we just have to shut up and not, do you know what I mean? Not bang on too much because this, we're not right, you know. No, and, uh, and that, so that's that why I think it's worth doing. I mean, I, I watched, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Robin's Wish, the film about Robin Williams last no. month. A really interesting oh, little film. And, What's that on? Sky, is that on? Uh, no, it's on one of the streaming channels that I'm allowed to Okay, um, we'll find it. Well, I suppose um, But he um, had dementia, and he didn't know it was Lou... Uh, Lou Robert. Yeah. Um, and he didn't know. It wasn't... So he was hallucinating. He, I mean, there was obviously other things in there, but it affected his ability to learn lines. It affected he'd start to hallucinate um, and he didn't know. And he spent this whole sort of last chunk of his life struggling with something he didn't know what it was. And if you don't know what's, what's going yeah. on, it's yeah. really hard because obviously you don't know where to get help. You don't, and you're constantly trying to cover. He, uh, Sean Levy, the film director, because he was did Night at the Museum 3, said he was just trying to cover it all the time but we could all see something was you know he wasn't right something was wrong and um wow. it is it's that i i can't imagine what it must have been you know the experience for you and certainly at school and we spoke about your school years at, uh, obviously at the bookshop we when, did didn't we yeah when you but know yeah. you know that something's we're going to use very. I'm going to use very rusty words here, so I apologise for it. Yeah, it, I should, should. As sorry, I should always say the disclaimer that I neither of us know what we're talking about no. professionally or anything. So don't take our advice. You know, this is just our take, um, our thoughts. But when you know you're different, mm. but you don't know why you're different, mm. and no one's, and those people who should be looking after you are almost exacerbating that difference because. You're just because you are different that must be quite a lonely place yeah and it's it's very subtle because you don't really know why you're different you just can't join in the same way you can't you know and it maybe seems a cliche but what really saved me was drama and comedy and 
making jokes and stuff. Um, yeah, I remember talking about that now because I remember saying how there was a time when I, I when I got sixth form and I used to kind of dress up like Jarvis Cocker a bit, you know, and I loved yeah. it. And there, there was this um, who I knew. They were in the year below me, but they were like, um, you know, I I sort of knew them, and they were going talking to each other loud so I could hear, you know, just about me, just saying, "Text the piss, on it, text the piss." He's just, he's, he, that was it. They were saying he's taking the piss out of us, yeah. which I found so, I always found so weird that I'm expressing myself and they were wearing, you know, very like trying to look, trying to fit in as much as possible, I guess. I guess they were quite popular in a kind of, you know, way, but they, but they were attacking the thing that's genuinely angry. And that guy in the audience said they were afraid, didn't they? Yeah. He was very interesting. He got an ADHD diagnosis in his 30s mm. and he told me, uh, don't suppose you mind me saying this is not particularly secretive, but he found out when he was doing um, uh, business and within the business, he could come up with all these. And I think just within the business, he got um, someone came in to work with them one day uh, who is in this. And this was quite a long time ago. because the guy was in his sixties, probably now fifties mm. maybe, but yeah. the, you know, so it was at least 25 years ago or something. But he said, um, yeah, they immediately spotted he had ADHD. And then, but then from there, he went away and just set up his own business yeah. and realized he had to delegate and just got in people to do all the things he can't do. And then he just created loads of ideas, you know, because he could just do that. Um, which is what I, I mean, the thing is being a comic and stuff, the problem is you're doing so much of it yourself all the time, you know, which is quite stressful. I was going to say, how often do you chat to other ADHD sufferers? about having ADHD? Not much really, actually at all. In fact, that should be what this podcast is, isn't it? But <laughs> um, I went, I think I said I went to the ADHD aware thing, which was really interesting. But this guy did just talk at me. He was lovely, but he just, it was just, it becomes a bit unbearable, actually. I, I have no, you think we'd get on, but I don't know if we do. I think I talked last week with Jamie about the ADHD autism thing. If you've got, but both, or you yeah. are both, which I think is an interesting third thing. And I think possibly that's why, because I find a lot of people who are very obviously ADHD just too much to bear sometimes. But then also I find people are very autistic sometimes. I'm like, come on, come on. You know? And it's, it is this weird place I, I land up in. Um, yeah. And it's funny, you know, with, because you grow up with your family, obviously, and you learn all these things and ideas and ways the world is and it's only when you're older you realize all oh, that's not all that, none of that's true that's all bonkers do you know what i mean and like i don't have to be that way you know mm. sort of lost my track of thought there sorry joe bring me back bring no, me no, back no, but that, it's, just yeah. to build on that is you yeah. know um from the therapy i've had my one of the things my therapist always used to say to me is whose voice is that it's really, and it's a really good thing to do yeah. at some point is, you know, when certainly if it's a negative voice or something yeah. that you can just to stop and just go, hang on a minute, where's that from? Yeah. What's it doing? Do I need to listen? You know, it could be wrong. It could be a wrong voice. Yeah. And, and reject it. I feel quite stretched thin, like, you know, Cassandra in uh, Doctor Who. Do you remember that was Zoe Wanamaker and she was sort mm. of, big piece of skin is sort of how I feel at the minute because of various stuff that's going on in my life. And like, yeah. 
it me I think when you're like that or you're tired or overworked and stuff, you go straight to that voice, don't you? Totally. Yeah. You react well, pr- to that voice and you think with that voice, whatever that voice is. Whoever well, like, that- do you know the there's a, a I'm not gonna get the name right. This it's a branch of sort of psychology around this idea of family. So inside you are essentially lots of different people who all serve a purpose. Right. Um, so you might have, um, there is a proper name for this, but so you could, so I don't mind sharing it. So it, for mine, I had this very negative voice and mm. essentially it was there to protect me. Yeah. It, it, it thinks it's protecting me by keeping me in a certain place and not raising my, you know, and yeah. so you kind of go, look, I get what you're doing. I know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to, and you know, carefully through through an exercise. Sorry, dude, I lost track there. Sorry, I don't know. No, no, no. You, so you go. So you you tell the voice to stand down. You know why it's right. doing it. So it it's a sort of counterintuitive thing because it's being critical, but its job is to mm-hmm. keep you nice and small, so you can't mm-hmm. be overexposed. And I'm so bored of that, though. I'm so yeah. bored of it because you know when I when I go out on stage, it's like my even though I build up beforehand into this kind of like, oh, um, is it going to be all right? Do you know what I mean? And all that voice comes in and like, who do you think you are bloody going out and doing that, you know? And then I get out there and it's like, oh, I'm like safe for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm on stage. Cause it's like, did you have that voice? Oh, just erupt, erupt. Sorry. <laughs> An eruption from the stage. That sounds a bit weird, but you know, is that voice yes. bigger now that you're performing as Colin? The bad voice. Yeah, I'm just yes. interested. Yeah, totally, totally. You knew Anna, you're being, this is you now, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. When I was Anna, it was, it was, I'm putting on a show, da, 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 da. You know, here's this, this funny lady that I'm being and it's, it's silly and it's like, it's sort of like dress up for your parents or something. So do you know what I mean? It's kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. and also she kind of took over, I guess, as a personality. It was such a, not that I'm like split personality with her, but she's such a dominant, I'd created this dominant, based on a few people I've met. Um, but then when I go out as myself, which now I have found, I've found the Colin who is me, who is as fun. I think more fun now. It's going lovely, you know, and yep. it's really cheeky. And I love like playing on their, on people's perceptions of what it is and all that stuff. And kind of because, and I think that's why going back to the why bother thing, I think, you know, and this isn't to do down any of the comics because, but you know, the, with a younger generation of comics, they all just, that they like go out and state what they are straight away. I am this, 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 yeah. and then they have jokes about it, which I think, I think very admirable and that they have that confidence and beautiful, you know, wonderful that they are able to do that when, you know, even 20 years ago, you wouldn't be able to, you could barely do it if you were a woman, let alone, anything else you know what I mean? it was like it just weren't accepted as funny or whatever until lit- about 15 years ago maybe mm. um but now it's like but i still struggle with this so what i do enjoy doing is almost like getting on the side of the blokes not that sounds bad i don't mean like as in making all the no, but I in the book sort of like exactly that challenging them a bit yeah. going yeah. into there rather than be like i am this deal with it it's kind of like mm. You know, I, I like bringing up all the stuff that's the repression and the fucking messed up brain that I have but because that, of it. You did that I'm, a me- I'm like, forget it. 
I think, you know, because it was, it was, into, I mean, there were 25, 30 people there, a yeah. lot of ages. They were, I don't know, a meter away from you. Uh, I mean, your front yeah. row, yeah, there was such, I think you had probably about 60 years age difference between the people on the front row. Um, and yeah, you, I think what <laughs> you did, you went in and there was warmth there. You were able to talk about, and it was a really, someone said that to me because I've spoken to a few people who were there and they said it was a really safe environment. And certainly one person who was there, um, said felt really challenged by it and has gone away to do you know to, to really reflect on yeah. where he's at and um right and but he said it was just such a, he could have spent all evening there because and i'm not blowing smoke well, your nice. he he no, really no. enjoyed just learning and talking well, that's what and, i think that's why it's such an interesting experience and we must do it again or or you know something similar because i felt like i came and i did my bit and then it was suddenly like, oh, right now I'm just talking and I'm and you're asking me questions and I'm being myself and I'm not putting on a show. And that was very scary. You know, I, yeah. even though I'd thought about it beforehand, it did kind of throw and me. They were asking that. And I think that's the nice bit as an observer was those. I mean, you had know, five or six questions. They were personal questions. Mm. that people felt safe enough mm. to ask you a question about themselves. So it wasn't just that you were safe, yeah. felt safe, they felt safe. They really did, didn't they? And there was, there's a real sense of like, which may, you know, part of me was a bit like, made me feel a bit like I'm, I'm failing in that, but it wasn't, but then it was lovely in that there was a real sense like, go on, you're all right. Do you know what I mean? Like as in yeah. keep going. There was a real sense of like, um, love and sort of um uh, they that, wanted to hear more you know because constantly as i'm doing stuff this voice in my head is going sharp you know <laughs> well i noticed you nearly stopped your stand-up at one point and started to talk about right, we're here to do this and then you yeah. obviously felt safe again and went back to you know because i've seen the show you went back yeah. to your stand-up routine and, I, and that was nice to see that that because yeah it was it would have been intimidating i mean i only had to introduce you and i was terrified we really, yeah. Because <laughs> well, it's a, a small a barrier as well. I mean, there's something about, and that works fine. It was well set up, and there were lovely people. But sometimes I do gigs, and I, I get there, and I think, why have you done this? <laughs> do you know, like they've set it up in such a way that it's. Uh, I mean, saying that, the regular night I run, the room is very bizarre, and it's this bizarre L shape kind of thing. But um, you know, some places where it's just in a pub or something, and the punters are in there, mm. not knowing there's a show on and i just think what made you what possessed you to do this you know um so there is the thing where you don't have the barrier of the stage but that was quite challenging itself but that felt very right it was really exciting i love that they didn't know what the fuck was going to happen and they but they were willing me on they were very there was a guy at the back who was like writing everything down mm. do you hear it's really yeah. he was i talked to him afterwards him and his son were very interesting and they um they're both like kind of on the journey yeah and 
he reminded me a lot of my uncle Keith, actually, that guy um, who used to write. I reminded me, Keith used to take me to um, the Royal Concert Hall in Nottingham and to watch old rock and roll bands. Um, I genuinely, I saw she, I like saying to my stand up, but most people don't know what I'm talking about. But I saw Shawaddy Waddy five times. If you don't know what Shawaddy Waddy were, they were a sort of Leicester band who I don't know if they had any hits or what, but they, they were like, they were like a throwback to the fifties, weren't they? In the seventies, yeah. maybe, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I loved it. But he used to write down the names of every song on the back of his ticket quite methodically. Nice. Do you know what I mean? And then he'd take these tickets home and I think put them in like a file. <laughs> on those old photo album kind of things. But... Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And it had to have the name of every song just written. Uh, and then he clapped, right? But when he clapped, he couldn't clap normally. <laughs> like, he had perfectly normal arms, I think, as far as I'm aware. He's no longer with us, Keith, you might have guessed. But he, um, you know, I used to do this. I started to forget this. It's hard to do this audibly, but what I'm doing is he'd sort of clap up like that and then across. So his arms, like he'd making a cross with his, it was really weird. But looking back, I think he was very autistic. Well, I know it's, you're not very autistic or a little bit autistic, you know, you are autistic, but I mean, so many things he'd do, you know, I don't know if it's okay to out the dead. I think it's all right, isn't it? But um, you're doing it with love. Doing it, it is with love and great affection. And that's something actually with my new show that I, I was talking to my producer about it. And as you've seen the show a few times in various forms, and I go talk a lot about all my family, and I try not to reveal anything they wouldn't want me to, but it, it's all like an attempt to try and bring them back to life almost, you know, or make them like legends, you know, <laughs> like yeah. bring out how brilliant this stuff is about them even though at the time they were so ashamed of it i'd say anyway blah 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 let's take a little break and then come back and maybe we could go back over those questions yeah lovely thank you joe you're doing a wonderful job thank you ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back into the neuroverse. I'm here with Joe, Joe Swan, my my pal and handyman, who is uh, and very handy today. Very handy. Not so handy with microphones sometimes when he forgets to plug them in or whatever he did. But no, he did. No, that was me. I ripped it out, didn't I? No. I did. 
I need to learn. We need to check it. So yes, we're talking about this live show needed to have in done the book on the night. I think that ultimately I should have not. I should have either been the sound man or the questioner. I think I was trying to do too much. What have an extra guy? An extra guy. An eye on that. Well, the guy who was writing stuff down, he offered his services. He, he said was. He was. Well, next time, next time, I think, you know. Yeah. Lovely. Um, so, Joe, uh, can you think back, because I can't remember hardly any of it. Shall we just talk through it a little bit and the questions? Yeah. For, for uh, 10 minutes or so, the questions they... By the way, please do, if you want to support the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash Colin Holt. And follow my stuff on Colin Holt Comedy on Instagram and go to the website, IamColinHolt.com. There we go. Talking about thinking you might have dementia, I do think I might have. I keep having word salads. Just then I sort of said website. And I keep saying um, my mum. When I mention my mum in my show, this sounds very, uh, what's the word, Freudian, but I keep calling him mun. <laughs> like I can't quite say mum. I can't bring myself to say it. Anyway, that's by the by. Uh, don't let me, Joe. You're doing a great job for, of for another time. That absolute, one, this absolute um, bloody piss. This is like a fountain of piss. Oh God! Um, took the kids to the theme park. Oh yes, thank which Joe helped me. Joe's a real handy man. He really is. Joe got me membership there, and uh, God, I needed a wee, and I had to run to the corner of the car park and do this wee. And the kids were there. I was like, "Stay at the car, children. Stay at the, In ca- the car park." I had to. I wasn't going to make it. And they wouldn't get out of the car. I was like, come on, out of the car. And they're like, nah, I'm just looking for my bottle. I just want my teddy. And I was, I was like, no. Yeah, I found a bush. Do you think I might be on CCTV? There is CCTV there. I mean, I mean there's, I there's a toilet there as well. <laughs> in the car park? Yeah, there's an excess right by the front door. There is a toilet with the door out. I hid as much as I could. But the I thing didn't... is, that the Wii, this isn't what we want to talk about. The Wii went on for ages like five I, mean, I know people that were i may have to go in and get the cctv edited for you. <laughs> i mean i think it's all right if you it's sort of a farm isn't it if you go to a bush it's not like um, i'm banging it around the place let's say yes but okay <laughs> for the don't ladies and gentlemen at home <laughs> go to farms and we no. Well, I mean, that that's up to them, isn't it? I can't make them. True, true. I'm not, well, I'm you're not, a very I'm influential ready. person, Colin. We, you know, we... I was ready to burst. Okay. I think they would have preferred me winging in the bush to walking into the park with weeds flooding yes. out the bottom of my trousers. Yes. I hope. God, can you imagine? That's like the Barbara, you know, the Barbara Streisland thing. Did you hear about that? Where she like, they were going to print a story about, or she heard they were going to print a story about her. Might be Barbara Streisland. It might be someone else. (laughs) But they were going to print a story about her and she got so stressed. She like made it this huge thing. And then they weren't really going to print a story about her. And then she turned it into this like, do you know what I mean? I end up going back to the farm and being like, "Uh, I just need to explain that when I, (laughs) and they're like, oh, we, didn't know and we weren't going to do it. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Now, now you're in trouble, wee man. Um, I mean, the CCTV is there to catch people stealing catalytic converters, so your weeing in the bush is not, I think that's way down the list of things there. I hope. God. I've got enough. As if I haven't got enough on my bloody plate right now. I've got pissed on my own plate. Right, Joe, come on. Let's have these questions. Okay. Um... 
where did we start? So, uh, yeah, I originally spoke to you about what it was like growing up, but we've kind of discussed yeah. that. Um, I did, we had a, quite an interesting chat about whether you feel your neurodiversity has aided your comedy. So, aided my comedy. Would you know? I don't remember any of that, but um, yeah. In uh, terms of just the way your brain works, the, the quick firing mm. nature of it. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I can make connections, I guess, very quickly and weird connections. It's kind of like that thing of like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, I suppose, isn't it? Mm. I'm not particularly hilarious today, but you know, when I'm connecting to people and, and, and it's all just comedy's just taking me by, by surprise, isn't it? So I guess if someone is being uh, someone is neurodiverse. So I guess that's why all comedians are people are finding out they're ADHD and autistic and stuff because it's like mm. we are, you know, when we get it right, we are loved for saying the things you wouldn't expect someone to say. Although it's interesting, I guess there's kind of two types of people, isn't there? Two, two types of comics. There's the one who are like, oh yeah, it is like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm relaying to you how lo- the world is and we laugh because it's a recognition. And there's the ones that go, I never thought, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So I, th- I guess it helps in that. We're probably they're all both though. Um, so I think it fills that gap and also just the desire. Like I say, like I feel very safe when I'm on stage and properly performing. Um, yeah. Okay. And do you, um, one of the questions that came out of the audience was about characters on TV and whether you, oh, yeah. you know, your kind of thoughts on that, whether you feel there are examples of characters we're possibly laughing at as opposed to with, um, I thought you dealt with that very well because that was a question. Oh, did I? Well, it was I did well, I know looking back at some of the classic, you know, Basil Fawlty or whoever or Frank Spencer and all that, there probably is like, it's not stated, is it? I guess no. that was the difference in the past. But you're definitely loving them and loving their struggle, aren't you? Even though they're, that's why I never like people, as you say with Anna, oh, she's a monster, isn't she? She's a monster. You know, and I think, no, yeah. she's great. I don't think, or people go, God, she's such a twat. I know twats like that. And I was thinking, no, mate, you're a twat. But uh, it's like, but they, actually, they spoke about Sheldon, obviously, with the Big Bang Theory. Sheldon, that yeah. He's, you know, to all intents and purposes, pr- projects as someone who could be seen as, or, you know, on the spectrum. Yeah. There, and whether, but we laugh with him, we're on his side. Whereas, yeah. opposed to the example that was used was about someone who, perhaps we're laughing at yeah because they're just weird because yeah. look at that weirdo uh, yeah yeah that's what can happen isn't it where sheldon is heroic isn't it um but then there's also that thing of if someone who isn't say autistic is writing that like rain man you know he's obviously yeah. a class is that really patronizing and wrong i don't know i i don't I, this is why this young comedian annoyed me so much because he had so many opinions and i really struggle with opinions because i'm always like mm. i don't know but but can you possible. think of any examples at the moment uh, of good or you know strong writing where the neurodiversity is recognized and celebrated but we're able to laugh with it um i see a lot with like panic attacks and stuff people getting across that thing and getting overwhelmed 
often in detective shows and stuff, they'll do that well, won't they? Just the kind of like, I can't think, well, True Detective, I think, sort of touches on that. But it, do, it doesn't have, obviously, ADHD characters. But, I mean, nowadays, would you go writing a character, you go, oh, this character is ADHD or he is autistic. Like, I'm right, so I'm working on the script at the minute and I'm making... Mm-hmm. The main character is ADHD, but I'm trying not to make it. This is the ADHD show, or this is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because then it can become very issues, I suppose, can't it? And it becomes like, right, let's show you what it's like to have ADHD, which I think is great in its place. Like, there's loads of Instagram stuff does that very well, doesn't it? I guess that's yeah. the point of this podcast. But like, it's the struggle. It's the the eternal struggle that that person is in. And I so guess with, with your show that you're taking, you know, to Edinburgh. Yeah. How much are you going to promote the fact that essentially this is a show talking about your journey with ADHD? Um, it's going to be about that, but it's also going to be more really about how it's not picked up on. Yeah. And because there's quite a lot of shows are like, oh my God, I got ADHD. I'm off my head, mate. You know, whereas, which is fine, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be about the past and about um, people's struggle that was ignored. And yeah, so I mean, I guess it is about ADHD, but I don't want to just do a series of jokes about ADHD. No. I guess what I'm saying, I want to talk about the world on a bigger palette and how that is a, that has affected so many people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I come to a lot of conclusions about that. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's the inner voice in me, sort of like maybe other people go, we'll just do an ADHD show. We'll just do a show about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, generally with Anna, and I think it's true of me, I've always done shows which are like deliberately a little bit subverting the thing. So the depression one I did, everyone was doing shows about having depression at that point. And so even though I was genuinely talking about it, it was kind of taking the piss out of that form at the yep. same time. Um, but maybe that is just cowardice or you know what I mean? like maybe actually sort of not just going out and saying it but, but having it's, it's, to do this challenge. kind of like i know what you're thinking you're thinking oh he's making it up type thing um but i guess i have to acknowledge that in the room for some reason it is a, it's a challenge though isn't it because obviously if you do put a a label like that the or i suppose commercial you know, like, commercially you're potentially going to put some people off you're gonna you know but but not mm-hmm. that so but also that people mm-hmm. turn up with pre i mean again going back to the bookshop that was because we'd advertised it as a night to talk where you were going to discuss neurodiversity and your journey with adhd yeah that's what the audience yeah. turned up and that maybe yeah. led to yeah, a the kind of the, the, the audience that were there, but also the freedom and space to have the discussions that we had because it was acknowledged before anyone had opened their mouth that that's what this space was going to be used for. Um, that's true. Yeah, and actually I do get a lot of people coming because of it now. Audiences are starting to come because they have neurodiversity and are interested in it. And they, I think they do get help from it and everything. It's not like I'm sort of like taking the piss out of them or anything but there is this sort of element of like i'm trying to normalize it it's quite a boring word isn't it but i guess in a way that's what i'm doing i'm trying to go i'm yeah 
I feel sort of weird. Well, that goes again why say bother, doing a podcast it about still it. needs. But that's why we need, it still needs to be bothered about because if people need mm-hmm. a space to be able to discuss it, that means there isn't a space. That you know that the, there is still a need. Why are we talking yeah. about it? Because and I think one of the things I said to the yeah, yeah. when we were talking about why you know why is it such it's not such a big thing. I was going yeah, but just because it's not a big thing to you, are you talking about it? Because you can accept and just go, I don't mind who you are, but you're not really having a discussion with that person about what it's been like for them. I mean, one of the things you know you I enjoyed from the night was. I've never really spoken to you about it. And as we've gotten to know each other, I've had, you know, Mm. I've learned the kind of things that can, I can say that can trigger you. Mm. I've, so I'm still learning Mm. how to help you support you, be a a friend to you. And I think that's why there is a need to talk about it still, because just going, Oh yeah, Yeah. everyone can be what they want is. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really. So many situations you get in and you just go, I can't do this. Hmm. I can't do this situation that's going on right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I wish I could call it out more. Um, you know, and like, for example, I felt very smothered by that dude last night with his opinions and stuff. And I was just like, I wish I still, even then, even though he's a younger comic, the main stuff, I wish I, even then I didn't have the sort of courage to just, or, or self-belief, whatever, just go, can you just shut up? And just, you know what I mean? I don't want to shut up. I can't yeah. handle listening to you because <laughs> it's remember, really overwhelming, you know. I remember um, listening to and, and we're really episodes. learning like sensory stuff. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was saying like sensory stuff, like can really, no, no, no. Sensory stuff can really knack your day, you know, like you feel something weird or it smells something weird or you yeah. taste something weird or you, you know, you, you have to block it out, uh, but the, you don't in life, you know, you just get on with it. I mean, that's what my mum used to say. We get on with it, don't we? We get on with it. And it's like, but maybe there is an argument you have to get on with it. Other guys, well, the fear is that society will stop, won't it? If we all like kind of actually do what we need rather than what we're meant to do. But there is a, I mean, actually need. For, so, sorry if this is a too personal question, but mm-hmm. have you? Oh, you in your, uh, your friends? Sorry, <laughs> Joe, you literally. Froze on that bombshell. That's all right. I'm back. Yeah. Say um, again. Are you a personal question? Have you noticed since your has there been a sort of re-education, a re-thinking of some of your relationships? Have some of your friends recognised it and changed, or or reflected on how they handle you, or have you sat down with anyone and gone, look? just to let you know, because I mean, you've done that with me and I respect you for doing that. Um, but, or has it just been business as usual? Colin, oh, what well, I actually speak, speak out for myself. Yeah. Speak out for myself if something is bothering me. Yeah. I've tried it a few times. Um, yeah. I try it all the time and I try the opposite, which is when I get really stressed out that I've said something wrong and I get fixated on that or I've upset someone in some way, then I always now contact them straight away and say, are you okay? Have I said something? What did I say? Did that, you know, or like that could have been perceived as this, but I didn't mean that. I try, I do that all the time, you know, not that I should go around life constantly worrying what I've said. Um, 
but that's very much you adjusting you. Yeah, in, right. the, in the same way that I, you know, if you had someone. Yeah, I think I've tried to. I mean, it's people aren't as great as you want them to be, really. Um, there was one guy on a job where I said he was sending me loads of fucking information, and it was like I was like. Can't just tell you, I'm neurodiverse. I'm really struggling with the amount of stuff you're giving me. You know what I mean? It was like, I can't, you know, I can barely open email sort of thing sometimes. And it's like, or I get completely stuck, lost in my phone. But anything that is too much information, I just, it just stops. My brain stops working. And he was all right, but he was a bit like, oh, your, your agent didn't flag anything about this and all this sort of stuff. And I just thought, oh, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like, why don't ugh, you do more of that? You know, because. I don't always know what I'm asking for is one thing. In fact, literally having this conversation has made me go, has made me think more about certain people I do stuff with that I need to ask more. <laughs> and like, I don't know, maybe I do need to change aspects of my business way of doing things because I don't delegate enough. Do you know what I mean? But like, but I if you, you know, if you so lost much your legs tomorrow, we'd yeah. all make adjust. Everyone would make adjustments. Yes, that's true. If you lost your eyesight tomorrow, everyone would make adjustments. You've had a diagnosis yeah. of ADHD. People should make adjustments. Not unrealistic, you know. We don't, um, but adjustments could and should be made. Yeah, and yeah. You're you're allowed to ask for that, surely. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hope so. I just assume people don't think it's real. And despite everything, and and like I said, I was self-diagnosed with autism, you know, but that's very hard to understand. Yeah. It's very hard to feel the confidence to say because to say self-diagnosis, people just... <laughs> I did come up with a little line today, which was like, I have self-diagnosed with autism, but I've also self-diagnosed as a wonderful lover. So I take it <laughs> But, um, yeah, I tried that on you and you laughed. So, you know, we'll just going in the show tomorrow. Um, I, um, yeah, I just, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this guy, well, do you know what I mean? I keep going on about this guy. He's obviously got stuck in my brain. If I was, my therapist is way at the minute, but I know I'd be talking about it for ages, but it really threw me, sort of came in and I, without going into detail, but it was like, I talked about something a good thing that I'm not basically, I'm not getting paid particularly for. And he did this whole like, ah, oh, things pathetic when people don't get paid for stuff when they're, do you know what I mean? It's like, you're just giving it to the businessman, man, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. It, it, do you know what I mean? You're, you're giving your stuff for free. You're giving your, your, what was it? Uh, intellectual property for away for nothing. You should be capitalized. Not, I'm just telling me I should be doing this. And you should be doing this. And I was like, I just crumpled in seconds. And then, and then after I get really, cause I don't know how to deal with it in the moment I get quite shitty yeah. and I couldn't really look at him as he was going and stuff. Couldn't make, do you know what I mean? I was like, fuck off. <laughs> um, and that kind of stuff is really obnoxious. I think where it's like, because it's shaming, that's the biggest thing. And I think all my life and, and with a lot of my family, I think that has been the number one thing is shaming and loads of people I know, you know, and it's like, I don't do this because of the shame or because, yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. I should be doing it like this. And it's so fucking pig ignorant, you know, to just go, you're an idiot. And it, 
it's so pathetic because but it just shriveled me down to nothing do you know what i mean um who else did it make to me once it made me think of when i was working a call center years and years i talked to my therapist about this working a call center and they there was these two very cool they were like brothers twins and they were super cool but like they really were they sort of both looked like Jimi hendrix in different ways it was kind of and i sort of obviously admired them a lot you know i thought they were very cool very cool and uh, i felt like alan partridge you know but they um they were saying like they're talking about their pay and they and i said oh they i only get paid this much and they were like oh. they were like literally like i can't believe people who don't ask for my money like i can't believe you could, you just don't have the guts to just go and make sh- ask for some more money because you should be getting paid more i'm getting paid more because i demanded more money and it and they were right and i guess you could argue they're trying to help me on some level like this guy was last night but i just find that is the worst thing because my brain doesn't go you know what he's right i should be getting more money my money brain just goes yeah i'm pathetic yeah. you know what I, mean? I can't do normal yeah. And I, I call don't. that my operating system. I think it, it's almost some people, you know, I think have a, a core operating system where, you know, whether it's been because they've been had unconditional love or a normal parent, you know, just circumstance, nature, nurture, whatever it yeah. is, has just given them a the, the, the secure. It's called a it's called a secure attachment, isn't it? A secure yeah. parental attachment. Yeah, I think it is, but no, no, I think you're probably right. I think it is, it is the nurture thing and it is the secure growing up with a secure attachment. Um, we could talk about that another day, but there's a whole thing about attachment theory. Just a sense of worth, a sense, a, a secure sense of the value of you and yeah. what you are worth. Well, there's that weird thing where if you are optimistic, if you look at life in a sort of optimistic way, you literally live longer. It's like proven. So it's like, I mean, I read this somewhere, but you know, you know, it actually like coming at life in negative creates has knock on effects within your body. Again, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's just something I've read, but it lit, you know, in a few places that actually having an optimistic, even though you, and, and the, the doubt, you know, people shame you to go, well, that's naive, isn't it? To be optimistic or to be, you know, because the world's awful, which I agree, but it's like, but literally it makes you live longer if you're optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah. Very interesting, Joe. Very interesting. Um, let's leave it there, dude. Okay, I'm mate. wiped out. I know there's more you could ask me, but come back another time, buddy. We'll chat again. Anytime. Anytime. Um, unless did we finish that? Did we that finish? Was, that? I think that, I mean, yeah, that was, yeah, that's. Um, do you do you get that sense of shaming thing of that thing of you were saying sometimes with the handyman thing, if you don't mind me saying, people will knock you down for price all the time and stuff like that. And there is that sense sometimes where you're like, well, that's not what I'm worth. I'm and some I try and do that sometimes, but you know the reality is I'm not worth as much as I'd like to be. It seems, or, or you know, there's that there's that lovely quote that. Uh, which is from there's a book Perks of Being a Wallflower. I don't know if you've read it. I've never read it. I know. I know. But the name. There's a line in there where uh, this one of the characters is clearly with the wrong person, and the main character is like, "Come, you know, they should be together. Why are you with him?" And she says, "We accept the love we think we're worth." And I think, what's that? I don't, what's that? Oh, we accept the, okay. And it's, so we, yeah. 
it's we get the love that we think we deserve almost yeah so we allow people to treat us to the degree to which we feel we are worth mm. and if yeah. we and um and then there's a struggle in that and i, I can relate to, you know if you want to be worth more you you know because it's if your brain's going no but i am worth more than that that's when you start to get shitty with people because you um you have that moment of going well actually no i am worth more than that but in those moments the foundation the 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 core of you doesn't because it doesn't value you you don't present as someone who should be valued so yeah i i often will yeah i'll go above and beyond because i think that's what i have to do whereas other people would just walk off go no i ain't doing that um i'm going a bit round. yeah i remember this actor right i was on this radio job and he was a bit of a knob in some ways, but I remember being quite admiring of him, where it was like, break. <laughs> it was like, up oh, just before the break, they're like, just before the break, we're going to practice this song that we're going to sing in the show. And this guy came out who'd written it and sang the song. And he like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, whoever, I can't remember the names, but he's like, he's going to sing a song for you all so you know how it goes, you know, and then we'll, we'll do it. And then it's break kind of thing. And, uh, this guy sang the whole song and it was loads of it. And it was this all kind of like, oh, you know, like a kind of Scottish aria or something like that. No, not a Scottish one, you know, like a kind of operatic Welsh, or like a, almost, almost operatic. And he, he did the whole thing. It was quite nervous about it in front of like six of us bloke actors singing this thing. And we were all watching him. And then the lead guy just, and he sang the whole thing. It must've been three minutes. And then the lead guy just went, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And walked off. <laughs> it was break. And there was this real, like, but you see, I mean, you see the producers and this guy who said that, no, nah, I'm not doing that. He's like, not like, he's he's sort of known, but he's not like, you know. Yeah. It's not Tom Cruise by any length, by any stretch. But you see the producer going, oh, right, okay. Um, he doesn't want to do it. Uh, okay, right, you know what I mean? And he's demanded his worth. He's just gone, no. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, could you just sing it a bit? And he's like, no, I'm not going to learn that. I'm not going to learn that. He just refused to learn it. No, I don't want to sing that. <laughs> but I love the confidence that he let the man sing the entire thing, full volume, and then just went, nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, whereas I'd be like, great, yeah, yeah, um, right, okay, yeah, I'll give it a go. But he was just like, no, I don't want it. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've done, I've finished my, you're not just going to tack this whole song that I don't know just tack it on the end and we'll just do it. Cause it's going to be in a way he's also, I mean, partly I think he just couldn't be asked, but also I think he's sort of going, it'll be shit. So no. Brilliant. <laughs> I watched an interview with John Travolta and he has in his contract or, um, or he said in this interview as in his contract, he finishes at six. Right. <laughs> Great. He just says, no, I finished work at six. Yeah. Gene, apparently Gene Hackman told him to do it, but he just went, no, I want to go home and see my kids and have dinner. So he just says, no, finish at six. That's it. Um, what a good thing to do. Robin Williams to fit. Dear old Robin Williams, I will watch that, but apparently he, I read somewhere he used to get people, um, any film or whatever he'd be on, he'd get a local homeless guy or a group of people a job on the film set. He, that was in his contract that you had to hire some people on the street, you know, who couldn't get a job. 
What a man. Need to look Dedicate at your contract, to... Colin. We need to look at your contract. To... Yeah. <laughs> what contract? <laughs> I don't think I've got any, have I? Well, like, there's the, well, there's oh, the first problem. With the farm pissing everywhere. <laughs> I can piss wherever I like. That's my one thing. Um, great. Thanks, Joe. No worries, um, mate. I'm going to have to go. But let's stop the recording there. But yeah, don't forget to to rate and review the show i'm not sure i feel like i feel like a slight change coming on um maybe miss next week i don't know i'm not sure at the minute i don't know is this episode six could be couldn't it i think maybe seven so we do an interview might do an interview next week but and janie will be back with us um but yeah thank you to joe um and um patreon.com slash colin holt lovely thanks joe i'm gonna stop the recording there bye bye What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.